0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Roto Experts Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. You can find me on Twitter at Davis In this episode of the podcast we are going to be continuing our series of fantasy football team previews. This episode we will be digging into the Indianapolis Colts. But before we get into the Indianapolis Colts, I of course need to tell you about our NFL 365 package that you can find at rotoexperts.com. All of the expert analysis, projections, and rankings, uh, as well as premium content, really anything that you would need to draft a winning fantasy football team in 2019, you're going to be able to find that on rotoexperts.com. We have best ball tools, we have rankings, we have our ultimate guide to zero RB drafting, our ultimate guide to winning best ball leagues, and I actually just on uh, Monday, August 5th, released my perfect draft for fantasy football in 2019 for picks one through five of your draft, and uh, I'll I'll be honest, I really stand by the material and by the research that we have put out this year. I think that we have done a fantastic job at Roto Experts creating something that we are all really proud of. So now let's go ahead and dig into the Indianapolis Colts, Uh, starting at the quarterback position Uh, I've done a lot of drafts okay I have probably done at this point over 150 drafts I've probably taken Andrew Luck in less than 1% of those drafts. I remember the other day in a play-draft best ball, in the best ball championship, I specifically said, okay, you need to make an effort to get one Andrew Luck, T.Y. Hilton stack team, because that's a team that's not going to be super common. T.Y. Hilton is pretty expensive. Andrew Luck is pretty expensive. That's going to be a lower total combination of roster spots than you would normally find. So I made myself do it. However, there are a lot of reasons to not draft Andrew Luck. The first is that I think Baker Mayfield probably has a pretty similar passing ceiling to Luck because his weapons are a little bit better. I think his coach is probably a little bit better. So uh, right away, Baker has that going for him. I think the same would be true of Rodgers. And with Rodgers, you add a little bit of rushing equity, though it's not like Luck can't run. And third, this calf injury that Andrew Luck has—he uh, says he has, uh, you know, no doubt that he will be ready to play Week One. However, he has not really been active in training camp, and uh, Head Coach Frank Reich has said that Andrew Luck is not ready to take the next step in his recovery as of July 30th. So none of that is like super encouraging for Luck, and yeah, you know, Luck of course he's a fantastic fantasy quarterback when he's healthy because the Colts don't really run the ball all that often they like to throw the ball for touchdowns uh in Luck's healthy seasons in his career he's finished 10th fourth second fourth and fifth in fantasy point scoring so so I'm not shading Andrew Luck the fantasy quarterback at all however he is like sort of a an average real life quarterback or, or I guess an overrated real life quarterback uh his his yards per attempt for example last year was a uh, point one better than Lamar Jackson so it's it you know It's not like Andrew Luck is not prime Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball. I think the big things he has going for him from fantasy from a fantasy perspective, he plays indoors in a weak division, so he's likely to get into some high-scoring games against some bad defenses. He has TY Hilton, who is one of the best distance scorers in the NFL. That's a big positive for his spiked weeks. He has a really good pass-catching back in Naheem Hines who had 81 targets and 5.2 yards per target last year. I think I think Hines is a pretty talented Pass catching back, that's that's definitely a uh, that's definitely a plus. And I mean, I guess the biggest plus for Luck would be is this is actually probably the most talented his offense has ever been. Uh, you know, he's not throwing to Chester Rogers, Ryan Grant, Zach Pascal, Don Charlin, then They have Eric Ebron. They have Devin Funchess. They have Paris Campbell. They will hopefully have Jack Doyle. They have Hines and uh, a firm lead back now in Marlon Mack, who played in only 12 games last year, uh, so that is worth noting. But You know, our our projections think Luck is just fine, but we don't think he's like markedly better than Jameis Winston. We don't think that he's markedly better than Kyler Murray. We don't think that he's markedly better than a lot of those quarterbacks who are just kind of in that eight through fourteen range. However, if you want to draft Andrew Luck, you're gonna have to pay way more than that for him. So. Regular weekly management league. I, I'm basically zero percent to draft Andrew Luck because even if you're looking at expensive quarterbacks who are different makers, I'd rather spend two rounds more on Mahomes. I'd rather spend a similar equity on Watson or slightly less equity on Baker Mayfield, just because I think I think all those guys have more appropriate price tags than Andrew Luck does. Moving to the running back room for the Indianapolis Colts, they have Marlon Mack, Naheem Hines, and Jordan Wilkins as the guys who look like they are locks. To make the team, and Spencer Ware probably would have been a lock to make the team, but he—I uh, believe—he just broke his ankle. He had some sort of ankle surgery. He just had to have, so he's been moved to the reserve PUP list. He's not going to play in the uh, not going to play in the 2019 season. So the most interesting running back here, pretty clearly, is Marlon Mack. So in 12 games last year, he had 195 rushing attempts, and he only had 26 targets. And Mac was really ineffective in the playoff games for the Colts. That was like that was like what really crushed him. So if you look, though, uh, obviously at his results, he sucked when they lost. Uh, he only had 12 carries when they lost to the Jets, eight carries when they lost to Jacksonville. So that's a, that's a big concern because in that 34-42 loss to the Jets, he was only able to see two targets. He saw one target in the loss to Jacksonville, and in fact, he had only four games all year with more than two targets. Not And that is not to say that running backs cannot learn to catch passes because I don't actually think that that's the most difficult job of being a running back, especially when we're talking about, like, running backs who are not going to be effective in the passing game, but they're just going to happen to get some targets in the passing game. Like, if you told me that... Marlon Mack, at the end of the year, had 55 receptions, but his average depth of target was like a yard or something. I wouldn't say that that's like horrible or crazy. Like I, I think that's probably certainly something that could happen, though I do not believe that it is particularly likely. The biggest issue you're going to have with Mack is that, uh, he yeah, he's just game script dependent, and there would be a way for him to get out of it. I would say I do sort of like him relatively... Speaking, though, just because I do think there's going to be a lot of games where Indianapolis is able to get ahead because they have a good passing offense. Their defense is not particularly strong, but, you know, who cares? Defense doesn't matter. Uh, I I draft Mac about the same frequency that I would draft like Aaron Jones, but I would definitely draft Mac more often than I would draft guys in the fourth round like Devonta Freeman or Leonard Fournette. I feel like Mac is like pretty clearly a superior value because there's no question when games are in control how the Colts are going to distribute their rushes. Those rushing attempts are going to be all Marlon Mack when the Colts are in control of games. The Colts, obviously, uh, you know, the the bookmakers like them. They have a a solid projected uh, win-loss total. They are in a soft division. So a lot of reasons to like Marlon Mack, if not love him. Uh, Naheem Hines, another guy I actually like if we're talking about value, I prefer Hines at his ADP uh, rather than Mack at his ADP. I, I actually think it's sort of interesting. I think that if Nikeem Hines had not played in the playoffs at all last year, so if he had just been injured or if it had been announced that he was going to be in an inactive or if the Colts had just straight up missed the playoffs, I actually think his ADP would be like eighth ninth round. I think it would be like where like Royce Freeman or Ronald Jones ADP is because Hines had a good rookie season. He had 4 touchdowns. He had 81 targets, 63 receptions and was actually used on the ground more than you think. You probably think of Naheem Hines as like a, you know, like a Jalen Richard type, but he actually had 85 rushing attempts which was more than Jordan Wilkins who was cast to be like kind of the rotational back in that offense and that was more than Andrew Luck. Uh, you know, which is definitely notable because Luck sort of is long-term noted for his scrambling ability as a quarterback. Uh, I-, I think Hines still is a pretty good value where he's being drafted. I-, I still like to have him on my fantasy teams, particularly best ball leagues. I think he's probably a little bit worse in weekly management leagues because the chances of him ever becoming the outright starting running back are pretty low. If Marlon Mack got hurt, it would probably just be like, Pretty close to a timeshare between Jordan Wilkins and Naheem Hines. I don't. I don't think that Hines would really be. I don't think he's the type of running back who was drafted and would be cast as like a a primary running back because he had. He had, so I guess last year he had. 15 carries against New England was really bad on those carries, only three yards per attempt. 11 carries against Oakland, that was in a win, seven yards per attempt. And nine carries against Miami in a win, but only three yards per rushing attempt. So, you know, I, I just don't I just don't think it seems like uh, Indianapolis views him that way, especially when you look at how he was used in those playoff games. He had three rushing attempts in the loss to Kansas City, and he had no targets in either one of those games, which is one of the – least explainable things that's happened to me in fantasy football for a long time. But the way this backfield goes, I think Mack is a pretty appropriate value where he's being drafted. I think Hines is an appropriate value where he's—I know, Hines is a good value where he's being drafted, and uh, I don't think there's—we don't really need to talk about Jordan Wilkins, Jonathan Williams, Keith Ford, any of those guys. You know, I I think that these guys are—they're just bodies. I, I think the chances of us needing to know about Jonathan Williams or Keith Ford are pretty low. Moving to the wide receiver position, it seems that the way that the Colts are going to open the year in their 11 personnel is that it's going to be Devin Funchess, T.Y. Hilton, and Chester Rogers as the third wide receiver instead of Paris Campbell. Campbell has missed this last little bit of practice with a hamstring injury, though Coach Frank Reich has said that he's impressed with Paris Campbell, and I think the offense does need someone who can function underneath other than T.Y. Hilton uh, with some speed. You know, Jack Oil can function underneath, but uh, but not with any speed. I, I think Campbell will likely have a role, sort of more towards the latter half of the season. I would not expect him to have a super fantasy viable role for the first five to six weeks of the season. Uh, what, what is there to say about T.Y. Hilton, though? Uh, I mean, we can pretty much lock him in for between 115, 140 targets, and between four to eight touchdowns. He's going to average over 15 yards per reception. He's going to have at least one absolutely absurd game where he has, like, 214 receiving yards, two touchdowns, on only five targets. Like, we just know that to be true about T.Y. Hilton uh, that's just kind of that's just how he rolls and it, it's pretty impressive I think that he has uh, a very good wide receiver one volume locked up but I definitely think he's, he's being drafted appropriately he is being drafted in the right tier of players I, I don't think there's any reason to try and take him towards the beginning of the second round or towards the you know the tail end of the first round or whatever there, there's just no reason to be taking there's just no reason to be taking him there. So, to T.Y. Hilton, a guy I have a lot of in best ball because I'm doing a lot of these zero running back drafts. And, uh, yeah, just the, I think all of the conversation, all of the projections around Hilton are pretty appropriate right now. The big question in this receiving corps uh, in terms of fantasy, and I know it's core, I'm, I'm just a donk, uh, is actually going to be the role of Devin Funches because last year Eric Ebron had 110 targets and 14 touchdowns. It's a lot of targets. It's a lot of touchdowns. Eric Ebron and Devin Funchess are really similar players. And I think there's a chance that at the end of the year, we're actually going to have their ADPs wrong so right now in draft best balls you can get Eric Ebron in between like the 80th and 90th pick you can get Devin Funchess in between like the 115th and the 130th pick kind of depending on the day and the type of draft you're in and everything and I think there's a pretty good chance that Funchess straight up outperforms Ebron just because he's he's probably going to be on the field a little bit more you know Ebron is going to rotate off the field uh it seems that the team kind of likes Mo Alley Cox a little bit we know the team likes Jack Doyle so maybe this is someone I need to draft a little bit more uh I I just I I think there definitely is some room for upside for Devin Funchess because... He's just going to be playing in a high-volume passing offense for the first time. Not that he hasn't played with a good quarterback or in a good offense, but he's not played in a high-volume passing offense before. Uh, no no need also to talk about Chester Rogers. I mean, maybe at some point you'll want to play Rogers in DFS a little bit if he really does outright win this third-wide receiver job, but uh, but no need to rush it there. And don't have a ton of dynasty interest in Deion Kane, Darius Fountain, Zach Pascal, Marcus Johnson, You know the most of these guys. The only guy I would say who I think is sort of interesting, who's maybe not just a guy, is Penny Hart. When I was doing draft eval stuff, Penny Hart seemed like the type of guy who could be like a you know a a small school wide receiver who becomes like a good slot wide receiver in the NFL. So I guess that would be one name to keep an eye on during the uh, during the preseason. Moving now to the tight ends. What an interesting group we have here. Jack Doyle. Eric Ebron, and Mo Cox. Jack Doyle is recovering from kidney surgery, returned to practice just last week. He's working on picking up some weight, and uh, he limited Eric Ebron to 45, 26, 21, 38, and 40% of the team's offensive snaps in 2018 when he was healthy. So Jack Doyle, when healthy, is going to be the lead tight end. I, I don't actually have... Any concerns about that kind of at all? I I think Doyle is pretty clearly the starting tight end. He's a guy I draft a lot. I pretty much take Jack Doyle in something like forty to fifty percent of my drafts. He's not athletic, uh, you know. He's just he's not going to rack up the touchdowns like Ebron might, and he might not even be as much of a difference maker in fantasy as Eric Ebron. But I feel very good about Jack Doyle's role when he is on the field. Ebron, not a guy I feel as good about, simply because a lot of what happened to him last year was touchdown-driven. He probably is not going to score that many touchdowns this year. In fact, I'm very certain I would take the under on 10 touchdowns for Eric Ebron, though he's obviously going to have some pretty good spiked weeks. The interesting thing that's happening in this grouping now is Mo Alley-Cox is getting a little bit of pub from uh, the Beat writers and the local coaches. Uh, a local radio guy, Kevin Bowen in Indianapolis, said that he expects Mo Alley Cox to see 20 snaps per game. Uh, said that he was one of the stars of Indy's offseason program, held his own as a rookie, and basically is going to be able to take some snaps away from Doyle, take away some snaps from Ebron. Uh, and there, there are a couple different people who are like, on the record, uh, you know, from the Indianapolis Star, from the Athletic, as saying that Mo Alley-Cox is, like, a a real breakout star at camp. So I guess guess this is worth noting. You know, it would not be the first time that Eric Ebron or Jack Doyle got benched by, like, a a different player because it's not like these guys are entrenched All pros in that offense. But that is going to do it for us here at the Roto Experts Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. Please make sure that you check out our NFL 365 package. You can get uh, our expert projections, rankings, customizable cheat sheets, premium content, everything that you could ever ask for to win your league on rotoexperts.com.